Welcome to the show the PTA, your parents, and the asleep don't want you to hear. The Helios blog. Today, Jordan Peterson exposes the truth about veganism. Let's hit it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. It's obvious that the last thing our tyrannical, idiot, panicked, virtue-signaling governments should be doing is directing their demented attention toward regulating what people serve at their tables. But because meat has also been deemed yet something else that is destroying the planet, the woke narcissists of compassion are already insisting that people eat less of it. Well, yeah, because then uh, they can get profit, right? Because when the production is less, then the demand is higher, they can sell it for a bigger price and make more money, right? And who cares who suffers? Plants and bugs for you and your children, peasants. Indeed. And the sooner you get accustomed to it, or else, the better. Now, is it just me, or has Jordan Peterson turned into a real-life sleep paralysis demon? He's just sat at the end of your bed staring at you. Yeah. Ad hominems are the way to go. That's right. That's that's the way to attack anyone's arguments. Just attack their character. Just attack. Just attack their character. Say nothing truthful. Just ad hominems. That's an effective way to counter an argument. Waiting for you to notice him so he can scare you to death with his hyperbole and pseudoscience. Plants and bugs for you and your children. Peasants. Wake up, woke moralists. By the time sleep paralysis Peterson has finished with you, you'll wish he was Freddy Krueger instead. Yup, fantastic. Sorry, I have to mute this because uh, copyright will strike me. I mean, where to start? He's going on a tirade against government's healthy eating guidelines here, but I wouldn't blame you for not knowing since he shrouds his point in a lot of jargon to make it sound convincing in the absence of a credible argument. And eating fruits and vegetables makes you a peasant? I mean, the, the point being, we have easily accessible meat in 2023, and you should not have to, you know, for virtue signaling purposes, not eat it. That's what he's getting at. I mean, come on, have we really been transported back to the dark ages? And I must have also missed the government guidelines that show that you should eat three to four servings of bugs a day. There are no such guidelines. Right off the bat, he is just peddling absolute nonsense. And yet, sadly, people continue to treat him as if he is an intellectual in this Again, like, what is this ridiculous garbage, right? Like, uh, <sighs> this is not the way to attack an argument, right? It's obvious that he's being, what, what's, what's the word here? He's making a point. He's not, like, saying facts, He's speaking in metaphor. Okay, anyway. 
this field. But sadly, he's more like a literal child throwing a tantrum because they've been told to eat more vegetables and less chicken nuggets. And notice how he throws in or else at the end, as if to suggest that there is some malignant vegan presence that is going to punish you for eating meat. What he's trying to do is discredit the plant-based movement and create doubt about its integrity. But That's not what he's doing. He's not talking about the plant-based movement at all. He's talking about the government. Anyway. By laughably linking it with some sort of New World Order conspiracy. Sadly, this is a recurring motif that many anti-vegans resort to when they have no credible arguments to make against yeah, veganism. Five. Let's turn our attention to the claim that animal husbandry and the meat it produces cheaply enough for everyone to afford is unsustainable for a moment because we haven't yet dispensed with enough moralizing and authoritarian stupidity. Ah yes, what a stupid and ridiculous claim it is that an industry which relies on approximately $30 billion of taxpayers' money per year just to stay alive is unsustainable financially and otherwise. And that's just in the US. Does he seriously- Oh my lord. As though we couldn't build a more efficient system, right? If they can have like a skyscraper of pig growing in China, why couldn't they do such a thing in the United States? Oh wait, of course they could. Ridiculous. You think that animal farmers have achieved these low prices on their own through the free market, through hard work? No, of course they haven't. Meat is the price it is because governments have been propping it up with subsidies and price fixing since the 1930s. To give you an idea of just how distorted our food system has actually become, it's estimated that a pound of hamburger meat, which costs around $5 today, would actually cost about $30 without government subsidies. So it's unbelievably ironic that Jordan is trying to criticize the state's influence on our food system while praising something that is literally the product of state intervention. It just goes to show how little he really knows what it is that he's talking about. Especially considering he is someone who apparently only eats red meat. So good job, Jordan. You don't have a clue what it is you're talking about. In fact... Okay, I don't know about you guys, but I'm literally falling asleep listening to this guy. Do I really have to, like, counter this guy's points for another 20 minutes? This guy's a disaster. Okay. Anyway. It's estimated that in the UK, without subsidies that is, cattle and sheep farmers would make a loss of over £16,000 per year. In essence, the industry he's trying to protect is only able to exist like it does because of the scary government actually helping it. Ironically, if the government didn't involve itself in our food system, well, we'd be eating a lot more plants and fewer animals. Remember what happened the last time that government agencies applied their tender mercy to determining what the people they serve should consume? We were offered the much vaunted food pyramid, telling us to eat six to 11 servings of grains and carbohydrates a day with protein and fat at the pinnacle, something to be indulged in with comparative rarity, if indeed necessary at all. That all turned out to be wrong. <laughs> right, it just, it's just a rotating fad chain, effectively. Not just a little wrong, but so wrong that it might as well have been not just wrong, but a veritable anti-truth. Something as wrong as it could possibly get. 
The food pyramid was brought into being not least by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, that is, by marketers, not scientists or nutritionists, with no shortage whatsoever of lobby efforts by those whose products ended up being promoted. First off, there hasn't been a food pyramid in over a decade. It was replaced by something called MyPlate in the US in 2011, and it clearly shows that grains and protein have been given an almost equal weighting. So it's a veritable anti-truth to say that dietary guidelines recommend people rarely eat protein, if at all. Meaning the entire premise of his video is actually false. And just to be clear, I'm not trying- Here we go. Yup, let's just... Okay. Trying to defend the US Department of Agriculture here. They do, after all, aggressively market meat and dairy. I mean, the USDA literally has checkoff programs where they work with the animal farming industries to promote their products to consumers. But come on, Jordan, if you're going to criticize something, at least get your facts right and criticize it for substantiated reasons. Don't just spew some utter drivel. The USDA literally encourages people to eat meat, and you're misrepresenting the food guidelines. Also, this spiel is based on a simplified understanding about how food actually works. Protein is not a distinct category of food that can only be found in a handful of animal products. In fact, okay, yes, we know the tired old argument that protein is found in plants as well. We know. And the point is, in order to get the same amount of protein as bioavailable meat, you have to eat a mixture of different plants all at the same time in certain ratios to do it. Why not just go meat to meat? You're made of meat, which means you're made to eat meat. This is a ridiculous thing to say that, oh, our ancient caveman ancestors didn't eat meat because, well, the reason they didn't eat it is because they couldn't find it. Whenever they could find it, they ate it. So you choosing to go vegan... Like, it's just nuts. Like, okay. Let's continue. There is protein in all the foods that we eat, just obviously in varying degrees. For example, there is protein in beans, even though beans are also a source of carbohydrates. There's also protein in avocados, which are obviously a good source of fats. Nutrition is actually a very complex issue, hence why people dedicate their entire careers to studying it. But no, Jordan Peterson, the psychologist, knows better. The dietary recommendation to. Yeah, you, the YouTuber, knows better than him. Prioritize carbohydrates produced a veritable epidemic of obesity and diabetes, resulting in what has been deemed by reliable researchers as one of the worst public health disasters of all time, dooming almost the entire Western population to a lifetime of catastrophic chronic health problems. 42% of Americans are obese. Another almost equally large percentage are overweight. At least a third are in the early or later stages of diabetes which is an exceptionally serious disease. $1.7 trillion is spent annually on chronic illness in the US. And the rise in such illness and cost is directly associated with the beginning of the godforsaken top-down dietary guidelines that set us all on a carbohydrate-heavy dietary pathway. Seriously, when is the last time anyone consulted the official dietary guidelines before writing their shopping list or going out for a meal? Last time I checked, Useless, ridiculous argument. Guys, sorry I'm not giving very good commentary here. This this is a disaster video. Um, 
again, sometimes I I uh, sample topics that aren't in my usual you know range just to see if you guys will like it. But I don't know about you. You can let me know in the comments. But I'm falling asleep just listening to this. It's okay. We'll go on to something different later. You can walk into a supermarket and buy whatever you want. Dietary guidelines are just not being enforced in the authoritarian manner that Jordan is suggesting. And actually, data shows that almost three quarters of American adults do not even know what the official guidelines are. On top of that, a systematic review of adherence to food-based dietary guidelines across different countries, with the majority of the studies coming from the US, found that the consumption of grains was actually below record recommendations, while the consumption of animal proteins, particularly red meat, exceeded those recommendations. So this is actually the complete opposite of what it is that Jordan is trying to claim. Literally the complete opposite. And by Jordan's logic, surely vegans who tend to consume more of their daily calories through carbohydrates than other dietary groups should have the highest rates of obesity and diabetes. But no, they actually have the lowest. Hmm. That's strange. In fact, studies of vegan populations show they have up to 78% reduced risk of developing diabetes and have the high- Well, yes, because vegans tend to be in the group of people that are health conscious, not just about that, but they also don't have the sugary drinks and so on, right? So they're they're eating healthier on purpose, and so they have- less again think about the kind of person that would that would consider going vegan that kind of person is going to be more health conscious than the average person because they're more health conscious than the average person they're going to have less rate uh, a smaller rate of diabetes so again kind of a mood argument highest amount of disease-fighting biomarkers when compared to meat-eaters and indeed vegetarians. But hey, don't let science get in the way of your identity politics and dogmatism, Jordan. Plus, when you look at the diets of the healthiest and longest living areas of the world, also known as... They eat mostly grains and fish, as far as I know. The blue zones, what do you find? Well, actually, a 95 to 100% plant-based diet, very high in carbohydrates and very low, or completely absent in animal fats. In fact, 65% of what people eat in these blue zones comes from complex carbs like whole grains and beans. Now, it is important to point out that Jordan does not distinguish between different types of carbohydrates in his video. In other words, he doesn't distinguish between complex carbohydrates, which are, of course, generally very healthy, and refined carbohydrates, which have had much of their fiber stripped away and are, of course, far less healthy. So we can only assume that he is grouping all carbohydrates together in general, which is just incredibly oversimplified, not to mention misleading. He's basically not... But your argument is not misleading or oversimplified. You're very clear in in your argument. ...differentiating between eating sweet potatoes and eating donuts. So if the obesity crisis is not the fault of food guidelines, which the vast majority of people don't know and don't adhere to, or the fault of complex carbohydrates, then, well, what is it? Well, of course, it's far more likely to be because of the explosion of super cheap, heavily marketed, calorie-dense, and ultra-processed foods. You know, things like maybe McDonald's and KFC, perhaps. People like eating these tasty, convenient foods. How about chips that are all entirely carbohydrates? Again, same logic applies, as I said. It's very possible for a quote-unquote vegan to be fat. How? Well, 
they choose to eat crappy foods just in the vegan sphere. And companies love selling them to people, which is why we've ended up with a system which encourages the overconsumption of junk food, which, yes, of course, is high in refined carbohydrates, but also is incredibly high in saturated fat and is predominantly animal based. The bottom line here is that Jordan is misrepresenting the food pyramid and also making claims which are very simply put unsubstantiated and misleading. But go on, Jordan, do tell us more. There have been, in addition, dozens of studies debunking the claim that red meat causes disease. The Pure study, P-U-R-E, published in the journal Lancet in 2017, analyzing 140,000 individuals from 18 countries, revealed that, quote, higher carbohydrate intake, not meat and fat, note, was associated with an increased risk of total mortality and that, quote, higher saturated fat intake was associated with lower risk of stroke, lower. That is exactly the opposite of what we have been told by the beneficial centralizing agents who task themselves with determining what we, as sovereign and responsible individuals, should put in our mouths. So the health benefits of a pure vegetarian and vegan diet are dubious at best. When you look at the totality of research on the subject of red meat causing disease, there is far, far more evidence that it does than doesn't. That's why the World Health Organization classified red meat as a probable carcinogen and processed meat as a carcinogen. They didn't just review one or two studies, they reviewed 800 different studies, not just the handful or so that Jordan is using to create his clearly biased viewpoints. And ironically, the peer study he cites is one of the most contested nutrition studies out there. So let's go through some of the issues that other researchers have pointed out with the paper. Now, like Jordan, this study also makes the mistake of not differentiating complex from simple carbohydrates, again leading to oversimplified conclusions based on things like total carbohydrate intake. Strangely, though, they do differentiate between different types of fat, like saturated, monounsaturated, and polyunsaturated. Saturated. So the way they classify and interpret nutrient intakes is obviously not thorough or consistent, which is strange. Another issue is that extremely high carbohydrate intake could be an indicator of a nutrient-deficient poverty diet, as countries with the highest carbohydrate intake also happen to have the lowest income. Now, what this means is that the finger is being pointed solely at carbohydrates when access to and quality of things like healthcare, food in general, water, and hygiene well okay again it seems to me like both sides are actually falsely construing the argument so i don't know what to tell you will also play a part as well. So it's very difficult to separate the effects of diet from poverty and undernutrition. Of course, people who don't have access to good healthcare or clean, fresh water will also suffer health consequences as a result. And this study sadly just hasn't made enough efforts to factor in these variables. The Pure study even had findings which contradicted its own conclusions, which is never a good sign. The issue is not that we are eating too little meat and fat, as Jordan would like to have us believe that is, 
but they were eating too little fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes. And the scientific consensus on this is about as strong as it is for climate change. But then again, Jordan doesn't really believe in that either. So, what hope? Ah, right. The old, tired climate change argument. Anyway... This all comes together as one big amalgam, doesn't it? Anyway. Let's continue. If we got. He says, yes. well, we don't have one problem, carbon dioxide, which is, you know, I don't even think it's clear that carbon dioxide is actually a problem, but we can leave that aside. That'll get me in trouble with the College of Psychologists again. And now let's talk about dubious evidence for a moment. Jordan Peterson is a carnivore. He actually only eats red meat and salt, apparently. So what great evidence does he use to support this position, considering the evidence around a plant-based diet is apparently so dubious? Our study was released. It was published by Harvard epidemiologists. I think they were epidemiologists. They did a retrospective analysis of 2,400 people who were on the carnivore diet for six months. It was the only scientific paper I ever read where the surprise of the authors was evident in the manner in which they wrote. Because what they showed was that radical weight loss first. So that was pretty much experienced by all the participants. 90% reduction in all self-reported disease symptoms. All. All. Enhanced well-being and decrease in suffering. And uh, Sounds like the keto diet, right? Yeah, that, that pretty much covered the territory. So what's this great piece of evidence that he's citing then? Well, the researchers went on social media and found pro-carnivore groups on places like Facebook and Reddit. And then what they did is they asked 2,000 people who self-identify as carnivores to fill out a questionnaire. Now, astonishingly, shock of all shocks, the questionnaires in pro-carnivore communities came back positive. So throughout all of the meta-analyses, looking at hundreds of thousands of people over the span of decades, throw out the clinical trials and get rid of those randomized controlled studies, throw them all away. Because one study of 2,000 people in the carnivore community who were sent online questionnaires came back mostly positive. And guess what? It's not just me who thinks this sounds dodgy. This following quote actually comes from the authors of the study itself. These findings must be interpreted cautiously in view of several major design limitations. Our survey assessed the perception of individuals following a carnivore diet and did not objectively assess diet, nutrient status, health-related outcomes, or confounding health-associated behaviors. This sounds like a bad study. But anyway... And no physiological or biochemical measurements were obtained. These self-reported data are prone to recall and reporting bias, especially for the pre-diet information. The generalizability of the findings is unknown owing to the existence of selection bias, because individuals who experienced adverse effects or lack of health benefits are likely to have abandoned the diet and would therefore not have been captured in this survey. It was the only scientific paper I ever read where the surprise of the authors was evident in the manner in which they wrote. This is the one study that he chose to cite to defend a carnivore diet. That is it. But please, tell us more, Jordan, about all the dubious evidence out there that supports a plant-based diet. But what of the argument that animal husbandry is killing the planet? According to the National Academy of Sciences, if we eradicated all animal-based agriculture, 
we'd reduce greenhouse gases by a mere 2.6%. And it is no simple matter, by the way, and perhaps impossible to manage a diet that is sustainable in the medium to long term by merely dining on plants. Chew on that. If you're a vegan who is watching this, well, firstly, no, you're not, because you're probably actually dead in the eyes of Jordan Peterson. Because seriously, what he's implying here is that it is too restrictive and difficult to follow a plant-based diet when his diet literally consists of steak, water, and salt. No, I eat beef and salt and water. That's it. And I never cheat. And guess what happened when he did cheat? His own diet is so absurdly unhealthy and restrictive that eating some apple cider gave him an existential crisis. When we restricted our diet and then ate something we weren't supposed to, the reaction to eating what we weren't supposed to was absolutely catastrophic. And we had some apple cider that had sulfites in it, and that was really not good. Like, I was done for a month. It produced an overwhelming sense of impending doom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like uh, what you feel uh, when you're about to have a heart attack. Interesting. I didn't sleep that, that month. I didn't sleep for 25 days. I didn't sleep what? at all. That's I crazy. didn't sleep at all for 25 days. How is that possible? That, that, that I'll tell, tell you how it's possible. You lay in bed, uh, frozen in something approximating terror for eight hours, and then you get up. You know what, Jordan? I think I'll stick to eating plants. Thank you very much for the advice, though. I mean, if this story is true, something is very, very wrong with Jordan. And if it's not true and he's making it up, well, then something is very, very wrong with Jordan. Oh, and actually, on the point of apples, Jordan himself claims that we evolved colored vision because we are fruit eaters. Fruit, that's interesting. We have color vision because we were fruit eaters. Our color vision is precisely evolved to detect ripe fruit. So by his own logic, if we only ate steak like he advocates, well then we would be colorblind. This is the guy we should trust for nutrition advice. Jordan is so constipated with pseudoscience, he desperately needs some fiber just to push it all out. And of course, in regards to animal agriculture's impact on the environment, well, he is just totally cherry picking evidence yet again. Although it must be said that it's a little bit ironic that someone who doesn't eat fruit would spend so much time cherry picking. Although due to the abundance of evidence in favor of veganism, cherry picking will always be a preferred pastime for anti-vegans. Hey everyone, today I thought... Okay, okay. Let's end the video there. A little painful, I apologize. Uh, Hit the like, hit the sub, hit all notifications, drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian Tom and Bobby Dylan, and Renaissance Press. Shout out to you, most recent um, donator, sorry. Um... Also, you can buy my books at bit.ly slash heliosbooks. Go to my Patreon at patreon.com slash theheliosblog. And of course, if you're interested in coaching, message me at theheliosblog at gmail.com. I'll slot you right in. Thank you so much for listening. Especially if you listen to the end, I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time.